Oh, hey guys, I didn't see you there. Well, you guys may not know this, but one of the things I enjoy doing on a bad day is trimming my bonsai tree. It's been a pretty bad week. There's actually not much left of it. It's pretty much dead. So what happened this week? Well, I lost about $15,000 over the course of four days. It was my worst slump in 2017. But the good news is, I've bounced back. I bounced back yesterday, and I bounced back today, and I'm on the way back up to $100,000. So today is our episode five of Behind the Trades, and we're going to talk about how I recovered from one of the worst weeks of the year. All right, guys, so we're going to jump right in. Uh, you guys can see the slides for those of you watching on, um, uh, on screen share in the chat room. For those of you on Facebook, I'm going to set you up here so you can sort of see, uh, you won't be able to see 100%, but you'll be able to see, um, you know, I think fairly well what's going on. So let's see, let me get this set up here. Um, and again, this will be all um, uploaded to uh, YouTube so you guys can watch um, the whole thing uh, a little bit later um, today or, or tomorrow if you prefer. All right, let me just adjust my computer here so you guys have a... Um, a little bit to work with. All right, so I guess that works pretty well. Okay, guys, so um, looks like we've got uh, a great turnout today, which is awesome. I'm glad so many of you have uh, stuck around for uh, this episode of Behind the Trades. It's been a couple weeks since we did this. In fact, uh, the last episode we did, uh, what episode four was, uh, I think it was three lessons from how I made $60,000 in one month. Um, so, you know, what a change from episode four to episode five here. Uh, episode five, of course, being how I recovered from uh, my, my worst week of the year. Now, although I lost $15,000 over the last um, four days during that uh, slump, uh, my worst day of the year, my worst single day is a $15,000 loss. Uh, but the thing is, I ended up bouncing back two days later with a $22,000 winner. So it didn't even end up being a red week. But this is a red week. And actually, this might be, I'd have to look through, but I'm almost positive this is my first red week of the year. I'm closing the week down $7,200. Uh, the cold streak started at the end of last week and then uh, continued into Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. All right, so um, today we're going to talk about an overview of my weekly stats, uh, what I did right, what I did wrong. Uh, we're going to talk about the best trade of the week. We're going to talk about the worst trade of the week. And then uh, the main topic today is how I recovered from uh, my worst week of the year. Now, our special reminder, guys, today is St. Patrick's Day. So um, I, I'm sure some of you are celebrating, and you may need to watch this a second time when you're uh, a little more uh, sober. But um, also a reminder that we are hosting our 30% uh, off store-wide sale, uh, which expires tonight. So coupon code LUCKY30 uh, for chat memberships and those of you who are interested in our courses. Uh, all of that is um, available now. All right, so uh, the weekly stats. Well, uh, my January 1st starting balance, as you guys all know, is $583.15. Um, I did break $100,000 last week. I got up to $101,000 on day 44, which was last Wednesday, March 8th. But 
I then uh, started my kind of slump um, last Friday, and I went red on Friday. I lost about uh, $3,500, and so I opened on Monday morning with $98,003. My total weekly gains this week uh, are actually a loss of $7,200, and so I'm ending the week at $90,737. Obviously, this is a little disappointing. you know, one of the challenges for me um, is, uh, you know, that this whole challenge has been so public. I had someone, um, a, a troll, if you will, uh, ask if my challenge was to take $583 and turn it into a hundred grand, and then take a hundred grand and turn it back into $583. At this point, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't think that's the goal, but uh, you know, th- the problem is there are definitely people that. Um, you know, were kind of hating on me for the last four days because, you know, I had four consecutive losing days. I mean, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Uh, you know, on the, on the second day, I was like, all right, whatever. I've had two red days this year, back to back before, not a big deal. On the third day, I was like, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous. And on the fourth day, I was like, all right, I, I think I'm going to go like out into the woods and just sit by myself for a while. Like, this is just really, um, this is really frustrating. So, you know that that's that's the challenge now obviously um on the days where i had big green days and you know when i hit my hundred thousand dollar goal uh you know that's i guess the fun part of having this whole challenge be so transparent you know that you guys were able to see every single day that led up to um you know that big uh, that big moment so you know but then it's it's just like trading you know you have to take the good with the bad and so part of being really uh, public about this whole thing is that you know there will be people that give me a hard time um, when I have you know good days they think I'm making it look easy or it's not fair blah 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 blah. There's also people that are going to have a you know hard time when I have a bad day they'll say you know I'm stupid I made stupid mistakes and stuff like that. So I definitely got a good amount of that this week and uh, you know I mean I was feeling I was feeling frustrated and I think that um, knowing that there's going to be a number of people watching uh, you know my every trade adds more pressure because you know it's like performance you know you want to do your very best and so it's always disappointing when you have a bit of a um, you know a a public kind of setback and that's I suppose what the last four days were so uh, in any case um, I I, and I'll talk about this more in a moment when when I really talk about what I did to turn it around so uh, just in terms of weekly stats accuracy this week was 60 percent but here's the problem, right? There's two coin, there's two sides to the coin with accuracy. You've got your accuracy, and then you have your profit-loss ratio. My profit-loss ratio, my average winners were only five cents, and my average losers were ten cents. So if we look at this graph right here, um, and for those of you watching on uh, Facebook Live, I'll show you. So when you have a, a one to two profit-loss ratio, you need to be 66% accurate to break even. Now, fortunately, um, I was able to be well, I, I, and I lost, I guess I lost money here. But even in the last two days, with 60% accuracy, I made money. I made money today, 1500 and I made 2000 yesterday. So you can make money with, um, you know, lower accuracy if it just so happens that the, the one trade you got aggressive on um, happened to be your winner. But, you know, obviously this week, uh, with a negative profit-loss ratio and with only 60% accuracy, uh, I was below the break-even point. So I came in uh, down $7,200, um, 
and you know, last week I made seventeen thousand. So I'm still green. I'm up fifteen thousand on the month right now, fourteen thousand nine hundred. So it's still a decent month. But last month I made sixty grand, and that's just not going to happen here in March. Um, you know, March is. I'm my goal for March now is just to get myself back up to a hundred thousand. So, you know, that'll be somewhere around 23,000 or, or I guess um, 25,000 since I'm about uh, $10,000 off that level. So that may take me the next two weeks at $5,000 a week. Um, and, and that's fine. You know, if I get a really good trade in one day, I could have a big winner, but I just have to kind of take uh, what the market's willing to give me. And, you know, as of recently, uh, certainly this week, it's meant I've had to be a lot more conservative. All right, so that's the big picture of the week. Um, you know, thank goodness I broke $100,000 before this, um, this slump. I mean, I just broke over it. And then uh, the next day I made, I think, $300. And the day after that, I lost $3,000. So, you know, at least I got over that level. I hit my goal. And, and at this point, you know, I'm not really, there's not really a goal in sight. Uh, some people have asked if that's why maybe I haven't been doing as well because I haven't been focused on the goal but I think it's really just uh, been the market. So uh, let's look at some of the trades from the week. Well, best trade of the week is actually um, uh, tops. This was uh, a trade that I took yesterday. And, you know, it was really just a very clean pattern. And you can see the move from $1.20 all the way up to two forty. You have your first pullback here. You have your second pullback here. And you know, yesterday I finished up $2,000, and this was a really great kind of redemption trade. It was easy, smooth, uh, very clean. Now, uh, tied for um, uh, for best trade of the week is my trade on uh, PULM that I took today. And so I'm actually going to put up my um, my video of this trade. So this trade on PULM was super simple. Now, those of you watching uh, on Facebook, you can see the one-minute uh, chart right here where we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive green candles. And then we had one, two, three candles of pullback. And so I said, guys, I'm watching this for the first candle to make a new high. And that's my entry. This is a one minute pullback. Now, the other thing that was that this uh, setup had going for it was that it was at the whole dollar of $3. So we knew we were going to get the first one minute candle to make a new high. Plus, we were going to get uh, the break over the whole dollar. And so as we watch this here, um, I'll put this back down so you guys can see. And again, you'll be able to see this probably better on YouTube for those of you watching on Facebook. But anyways, I'll just play this here. Um, so I've got my order ready here. And I'm going to, I believe I use a hockey. So I'm long, well, long there at 98. It, I mean, this is a very quick trade. I jumped in at 98. It pops up to 312. And you can see here the first one-minute candle to make a new high. It was just, it was such an easy trade, right? In that one trade, already I'm up $777, still holding 938 shares. At this point, we had 1.3 million shares of volume. So you can see, if you look for these types of setups, you know, the first candle to make a new high, it's just, it's so predictable that that's where you're going to get the breakout. So that was a quick move, 7,500 shares from $3 up to uh, 3.12, and I'll finish this trade with uh, right around $900. 
So nice, easy trade off the high day scanner. And, you know, if I could do that three, three, four times a day, I'd be, you know, a really happy camper. It's just unfortunately this week we haven't seen um, as much of that really clean follow through. All right. So um, I'll stop this video for now and I'll switch over and we'll look at uh, the worst trade of the week. And I, I should probably edit this video because the, the place I put the... Um, the intro is kind of like the worst, the worst spot possible. So anyways, I'll fix that. But um, so jumping back in here. Uh, so best trades of the week, tops, number one. And then number two, um, we had PULM today. The worst trade of the week, I mean, I probably have five trades that are all tied for the worst trade of the week. Um, I chose SNGX, which actually I took on Friday. But this was the beginning of the red streak. Uh, or the cold, the cold streak. So on this trade, this was really interesting because I got into this setup uh, thinking there was a really big bidder, thinking that this stock had really good support. I think there was a 20,000 share bid uh, right at 280. I jump in, it pops up to like 285, and I'm in with 10,000 shares, pops up to 285, and suddenly that bid is gone, and now that same share size is up on the ask as a seller. And the stock just, I mean, it just came right back down. You know, anyone that was in it just bailed out because that seller um, really held it back. So the issue here and the issue several times this week was that I was jumping into trades um, without waiting for a pullback. Now, I think that in the last, um, maybe especially in February, I got kind of spoiled because it seemed like anything you bought went the right way. So even if you didn't have the best entry, even if you bought it extended, it, it continued higher. But, you know, here we are in March, and now it's sort of testing, um, you know, our habits and making sure that we didn't make or create some bad habits. And that's, I think, what I did in March or February. I, I created some bad habits, which was just jumping in as stocks were squeezing. So, you know, this month, what's happened uh, on several trades is that I jump in into the squeeze, like right at basically when I see a big bid, thinking it's going to be a short squeeze or right at a half dollar or a whole dollar. And what ends up happening is it pops up a little bit and then it rolls over hard. And this was a really big rejection. I lost 3,500 bucks on it. 10,000 shares, 30 cents, you know, that was it. I was faked out. What I should have done to avoid this loss was wait for a pullback entry. I mean, it's really that simple because once this got a pullback, you, you would have said, well, it's not clean. It's not a good setup and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to leave it. All right. So this happened on multiple trades this week. This happened on um, SNGX. It happened on AKAO. It happened on, um, gosh, I mean, it just, it just happened again and again and again. So you know, and that really is what created this sort of downward spiral for me. I just kept getting into trades and I kept getting stopped out. Now, um, let's kind of transition here now um, into the topic of the day. So recovering from my worst uh, week of the year. Now, for me, um, you know, I've had red days. Uh, I obviously had a day this year where I lost $15,000 in one day uh, and I bounced right back from it. But this was the first time, I think probably in more than a year, that I've actually had a four-day losing streak, where I lost money on four days back-to-back. -back. So $15,000, you know, for me, isn't necessarily a lot of money to lose. What's more frustrating is having four red days in a row, because, you know, the accuracy is just horrible. So the question is, what was I doing wrong? And how was I able to get out of that rut 
to recover, you know, about $3,500 of that loss uh, in the last two days and to finish the week strong on what are typically my two worst days of the week. In all of February, Thursdays and Fridays were my worst days of the week. And here, uh, you know, this week I was able to really redeem myself, be disciplined, and recover some profit. So for me, you know, there's a couple things, um, you know, that were really on my mind. And this is what I do anytime I have a loss. You know, I've had, uh, it's been a long time, but I've had months, of course, like probably all traders have, where I lost money. And at the end of that month, I remember one of the last times this happened was um, a few years ago, I was, you know, kind of looking at my trades at the end of that month, and I was like, where did I go wrong? And so I did something very simple, and this is what I uh, explained to, uh, to all of you guys uh, the other day, and I'll explain it again now. What I did is I went through my statistics, and I looked at my metrics. I broke down my trades, and I asked myself the question, what am I doing right, and what am I doing wrong? So I, start, I started sorting my trades by uh, winners and by losers. And when, because of the fact that I'm really uh, meticulous about my record keeping, and I can uh, go back and see, oh, this was a momentum trade, this was a one-minute setup, this was a five-minute setup, uh, you know, this was a bull flag, whatever it is, I can now sort that data, and I can data mine my own trade history. And that's what I did. I go in... And I data mine my history and I start to draw conclusions. You know, okay, all, guess what? All of my losers, uh, my biggest losses were chasing a one-minute setup before waiting on a pullback, right? So if I know that about myself, I need to make an adjustment. Now, after the first two days, I didn't really think a lot about it. I just was like, well, market's not on my side, but I'm not really doing anything differently than I did the previous week where I made 17,000, so I'm not going to change anything in my strategy. The third day, I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, this is interesting, kind of still seeing really bad follow through. Maybe I need to reduce my share size and just kind of like ease back a little bit. And then after the fourth day, I was like, okay, I need to really sit down and look at my metrics. And what I realized I was doing uh, wrong was, well, I mean, if you say it's wrong, I don't know. I mean, it certainly worked well in February. But what I was doing that was leading to the losses was chasing one minute setups. So instead of waiting for the pullback, I was just buying. Now I can show you a bunch of examples. I'll show you, um, uh, or I could show you, I'll, I'll bring one up in one second, um, of stocks that last month just completely squeezed and never gave you or gave us a one minute pullback. And, you know, because of that, I sort of got into this habit of I'm just going to jump in because I don't want to miss the opportunity. Well, that's the fear of missing out, you know, kind of kicking in. It's, it's um, you know, that fear that you're going to miss the trade, encouraging you to just go ahead and jump in at a price that's really way too high. Now, you can get away with that. And that's the tough thing about the market is that sometimes you'll get away with, um, you know, being sloppy or taking too much risk. And that's what encourages you to think, well, you know, sometimes it works. Maybe this time it'll work. But when you're in a market that's a little bit more tricky, which is definitely what we saw this week, uh, those bad habits are really going to show their face. And so uh, what I had to do is, is make the decision that I wasn't going to take trades unless I had a clean pullback. And if that meant that I was going to miss a setup, it would be better to miss a setup than to mismanage risk, especially given you know my accuracy right now. And so I implemented that on uh, Thursday. I said, okay, guys, here's the deal. Today, I'm going to focus on only buying pullbacks, and I'm going to reduce my share size a little bit. 
You know, I'm going to scale back, but I'm only going to trade pullbacks. I will trade a pullback on the one-minute chart, and I'll trade it on the five-minute chart. Uh, I don't care what time frame it's on, but it needs to be a pullback entry, just the way we saw on PULM. Right, that was a perfect pullback entry. We pulled back, and that was you know, a great setup, a, a very easy way to manage risk. So by doing that, I was able to really get myself out of the rut. By focusing on, by understanding, number one, what was causing the losses, and then number two, um, you know, what I was doing the, to generate the few wins that I had, I was able to adjust my strategy a little bit. So the adjustment was, I'm only going to trade pullback setups. I'm not going to chase. Now, I'll just pull up this chart um, here on NOVN. Uh, this is one that we had um, last month, so I'm going to have to scroll back a little ways. And this is a stock that went from $4 to $8 without pulling back. There's no pullback on this. By the time you got the pullback, you know, the bulk of the move was over from 4 to 8, you know, back down to 6 and then kind of back up to 750. But this is one of those times where you totally got away with chasing. But with that said, um, you know, there are still there are still ways to get into some of these strong stocks um, you know, at, at least somewhat safe entry points. So on a stock like this, again, I'm going to have to scroll back here a little ways. This is on Mar uh, April, uh, sorry, February 15th. So, all right, so here's February 15th. All right, so here, so here we go. On this one, um, there was no pullback on the five-minute chart. And that's the reason that I'm saying, I'll, if there, even if, we only have a pullback on the one minute, that's fine. I'll take a one minute pullback. I'm not going to restrict myself to only trading on the five minute time frame because if I do that, I'll miss trades like this. But I would only get in in a place like this right here. See, this is a one minute pullback at 617. That's the place to get in. So I wouldn't get in like as it's squeezing up here. You know, I'm sure someone got in right here at the very top of this squeeze at 559. And then as it pulls back here down to 535, you know, on 10,000 shares, you're suddenly down 2,400 bucks. I mean, it happens very quickly. So, you know, this is why you wait for the pullback. And I suppose this would, would have been an okay pullback too. This would have been okay. And this would have been okay. One minute pullback. So I will trade one minute and five minute pullbacks, but I'm not going to just, you know, buy into the extension. Even though in a very strong market that works, in a market that's a little bit choppier, it doesn't work well at all. Now, you have to be able to kind of taper your risk and adapt your strategy to the environment that you're in. And, you know, this is certainly true with trading, but it's true with a lot of other things as well. And, you know, one of the things we talk about uh, from time to time is my, um, you know, mild obsession with the television show The Deadliest Catch. And there are days on The Deadliest Catch where, uh, you know, the seas are really choppy and they have to kind of adjust their goals based on the fact that weather conditions are bad, uh, the risk is higher. And then there are other days where, you know, they've got smooth seas and they can, you know, work, uh, you know, a 24-hour, you know, stretch and really, um, you know, get a lot, make a lot of progress on, on their goals, whatever those might be. And that's really the same with trading. There are times when the market's on our side and we could put the pedal to the metal and be aggressive. And there are other times where we have to sort of step back, ease off the throttle and wait for things to improve. So this week has kind of been that for me. I didn't uh, ease off the throttle as quick as I could have, um, in part because, again, 
this technique has been working really well for me so far this year. I've had a couple of red days and back-to-back. Uh, -back. I've even had a big, big red day. And I've been able to bounce back quickly, just basically doing the same thing. And then the next time I get into it, it works. But having four red days in a row forced me to step back a little bit, slow down. And as we go into next week, my goal is just to kind of continue to steadily you know, build back up to break over $100,000. So one of the things that you would notice on my equity curve, if you looked at it, is that you know I kind of went from $500 all the way up to you know 100,000, and I had a couple pullbacks along the way, uh, but now here I pulled back from 100 down to a low of I think 87,000, and now I'm making my way off that level. Hopefully, going to break back through high of day of 101 and make my way towards 120, 130, 140, 150. But uh, you know I, I have to be able to. Uh, adapt to the market conditions. I can't just throw 10, 15,000 shares at everything that moves when the market is choppy. And it seems like we've kind of been in between parabolic stocks. Uh, for whatever reason, yesterday the shippers were back in play um, with, uh, with top, uh, TOP, sorry, TOPS, tops, and uh, GLBS was also um, pretty active yesterday. You can see on the daily charts. So, you know, that gave us the opportunity to generate some profits yesterday. Today we had PULM. Um, you know, so we're fortunate to have one or two, but I'd really like to get another uh, stock that goes from, you know, $2 to $8 or $10, and it just gets really explosive because that's what usually starts the next round of momentum, you know. And, and it kind of those types of stocks bring out that fear of missing out that traders get that encourages them to buy them higher and higher and higher. And that's what you know creates these bigger and more dramatic squeezes. It's really all about um, you know, collective trading mentality and how the emotions of fear and greed uh, impact traders and impact the decisions they make. So you know, yes, the last week or so has been a little bit of a, a setback for me. And uh, I, I was on the wrong side of you know, one too many trades. But I've made some adjustments. I'm tapering my risk back a little bit until I start to see cleaner action. And, uh, you know, I think that's the way to do it. Now, the interesting thing is that really in the last month, uh, I've been trading four figure days. I mean, my winners are between $2,000 and $8,000 days. My losing days are, you know, between a thousand and and three four thousand maybe five thousand at the most so i've been trading with you know big size and that means either big green days or big red days the last two days you know today i'm up fifteen hundred bucks and to me this honestly feels like a slow day um i've kind of gotten spoiled you know i've gotten into the habit that a green day should be five or six thousand dollars which is you know obviously a ridiculous amount of money but the problem is that it's kind of changed the way I look at some of these trades, because I look at them and I think, well, there's really, what's the point in taking a trade to only make four or 500 bucks? Like, I don't see the, the point, you know, I, I'm looking for opportunities to make 2000, 3000, or, or really five or $6,000 on a trade. And if I get two of them in one day, I'll have a $12,000 day. If I have four of them in one day, I'll have a $22,000 day like I had in February. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So, you know, to have a couple trades today, um, you know, where I made, um, you know, 200 bucks, you know, 275 on ARGX, 273 on DFFN. I mean, that's basically 
I mean, it's almost, it's like a break-even trade. It's like nothing. But at the same time, uh, you know, I shouldn't maybe think that way because $1,500 a day certainly does add up uh, over the course of, of weeks and months. I'm not going to have a $60,000 week or $60,000 month with $1,500 days, but I can still have a, you know, uh, easily a twenty dollars to $30,000 month, which just a year ago would have been one of my best months ever. So, you know, it's just kind of interesting how, um, you know, your perception can change. And um, I don't want to lose touch with uh, the reality that $1,500 a day is still very good, still respectable. So, um, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, you know, the big wins, the big losses, all a result of trading with big size. The big size is the result of increased confidence, um, you know, which I've gained over the last, I, I guess, over the last year, probably. Um, and certainly culminating with that $100,000 challenge from $583 up to hundred grand. So uh, next week, I'm going to be hosting a, a webinar where I talk uh, really just specifically about the $100,000 challenge. Um, but for right now, I just really wanted to talk about this uh, kind of slump that I've been in for the past few days because I think it's really good for you guys to learn how I bounce back from it, you know, how I get back on the horse. This is something every trader is going to go through at one point or another. Um, you know, beginner traders certainly have more red days and, and slumps than more experienced traders. So, you know, this is part of doing this uh, challenge in a very public way that you guys see the wins and we celebrate them. We talk about what works, but you also see the losses and you understand what I did wrong. And I think the things that I did wrong this week, number one, um, was being a little too aggressive, maybe forcing trades, uh, taking position sizes that were a little too big and not stopping out quickly enough. The problem for me, of course, is that when I get into something with 10,000 or 20,000 shares, you know, it's not always easy to just get right out. You know, you kind of, you have to piece in and piece out. And so by the time you're getting out, even if you want to get out break even, you know you're probably going to lose 10 cents and it's going to be a $2,000 loss. So you really don't want to cut that loss until you know it's, it's not going to work. You definitely don't want to stop out and a minute later it goes right back up. So I think, um, interestingly, some of the trades I took this week would have been winners with 2,000 or 3,000 shares, but were not winners with 10,000 or 15,000. So, you know, right now is the time to scale back until we see uh, maybe that next really strong momentum name and, uh, and just, you know, play it smart. All right. So I'm glad that I'm finishing the week on, uh, you know, a green day. The last two days, it does feel like a little bit of redemption, uh, even though I'm only, uh, you know, I don't know, 10% of the way out of that, um, the rut or whatever it is. But uh, it's nice to finish green and it kind of gets me, uh, you know, recharged and refocused for going into next week. All right. So um, let's see. I'll take this off. Um, let me get back in here. All right. Okay, guys. So um, that's it for today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this um, episode five of Behind the Trades. And um, again, if you guys have uh, any questions uh, or comments, I'll post this on YouTube and the podcast will go on the iTunes um, uh, podcast store, whatever it is. It's free, but whatever it's called. And you guys can um, ask questions and stuff there. So um, anyways, that's it for today, and I'll see you all first thing tomorrow morning, or Monday morning. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the weekend.